Welcome, everybody, to the Nuggets of Gold podcast. I'm here today with Jake, and we're going to quickly recap the 49ers Saints game. And after that, we're going to talk about the, about the safety position on the 49ers right now, the future of it, and kind of talk about just paying safeties in general. Um, and, and obviously, we'll get a lot more into this as the year goes on and free agency takes off. But it's, it's beginning to become an interesting topic at, at this point. So I'll start right off with you, Jake. So what about the Saints game, huh? Yeah, obviously, honestly, one of the worst games I think I've watched um, – in the last couple of years, couldn't get the ball moving offensively. Um, I think Brandon Ayuk with 14 or uh, 14 targets, seven receptions, 75 yards, and a TD is the shining star offensively. Um, you look defensively. Tarverius Moore came in and played pretty well, I thought, at free safety. Um, I feel like that's a move that needed to be made. And uh, Javon Kinlaw, sack and a half for his, uh, you know, registers his first sack in a pretty, you know, irrelevant game at this point. But, you know, good for him. Uh, it's good to see the rookies playing well. But overall, it, it was a massacre. Yeah, it was, it was really frustrating because it was one of those games where two muffed punts, uh, and it seemed like a very terrible fourth and one call. <laughs> I think you can agree with me on that. Yes. And also an awful interception by Nick Mullins where I, I don't even know what he's doing. He just drops back and throws it straight to the linebacker. Um, but besides, I mean, those are four massive changing plays for the game. I mean – And the I, roughing the passer. And the roughing the passer. I mean, that turns three into seven. Like, it, just a lot of stuff went wrong. And it was just one of those games because if you just watch the game and you take out, like, a couple plays – it looks totally different. The Niners were, were totally hanging in with the Saints and something I did not expect at all. I thought they were going to lose by like 20 points. And I think I told you that right before, Jake. I was like, this is going to be really ugly. Well, they came out up 10-0. And so there's a lot of promise and then just zero execution. And that's what happens when you have practice squad players out there. And I don't. I think the only thing that you can like really blame Kyle about or be frustrated with Kyle about is that fourth down call. I, they, their fourth down calls this year have not been good. They've been very unsuccessful, and you can. And I'm not saying that I could do a better job or anything like that. Of course not. But like, you can look at those plays and go, "Wow, those were unsuccessful," and they look like they didn't have a chance. And so, if it's consistently been like that all year, it's a little bit. It makes me a little bit wary about about the fourth down calls. But besides that, can't really blame Kyle much for the offense. Would they put up 13? Yeah. I mean, they had so many opportunities to do a lot of stuff and a lot of guys. I mean, Ayuk looked pretty good. Another guy didn't bring up Kendrick Bourne. I don't know what his box score looked like, but he got guys fired up a couple times and made some tough catches. Looked good. Also, Jordan Reed made a couple very nice catches. Like the offense would be good. The offense would definitely be good, but it's just, I don't know. I'll, I'll say this. Um, running the ball has been horrible. Jarek McKinnon, 18 attempts yesterday. You give most NFL running backs 18 attempts, they're going to run wild. Um, he had 33 yards, average 1.8 a carry. That is horrible. That is really bad. Jamichael Hasty obviously broken collarbone. He's going to probably miss the season. Um, he had three carries for 13 yards. Um, 
So, I mean, I think it's probably time to look for external options that are not named Jarek McKinnon because um, I get that the Saints defense is, you know, pretty decent, but 33 yards on 18 attempts is nowhere near where this offense needs to be, no matter how bad the offensive line is playing. A couple things. One, Jarek McKinnon's burst is totally gone. He's still a solid third down back. He's, he's not bad there, but his burst is totally gone. And second, I think that's the George Kittle effect. I mean, we've seen how the yards per carry dip when he's not in the lineup. And he, I mean, yeah, like, of course, like he's partially a product of Kyle Shanahan's system, but he makes it tick. And there's a few things on the offense that they need. One, they need Jimmy Garoppolo or a quarterback that's either at his level or better than him running the offense. Nick Mullins is not that. Um, Brian Hoyer was not that. And CJ Beathard was not that. They also need guys that can make plays. They have that this year. They've had that. They had that last season. Um, and they didn't have that at the beginning of last season, but then Sanders showed up and they, and they kind of got it going. Um, and the other thing is they need running backs that are quick and they need, they need good blocking and they need these guys, Kyle Juszczyk and George Kittle in there. Um, and a lot of the pieces are just missing right now, to be honest. And, and I think that's where it gets a little bit frustrating. I know that the offensive line, everyone just blasts the offensive line. There's a lot of other factors that, are showing how bad that offensive line is. Cause I, I've always been like, a lot of people have been like, Oh, look, the Niners offensive line is pretty good. Like they're good at run blocking. I'm, I'm, and I always, am like, it's not that great. I mean, last season, it wasn't that great. It's a system that really helps maximize its players potential. But then you looked at the offensive line, they're like 22nd or 27th or whatever. And like pass blocking, that's how good they are. That's how good they were last year. They're not a good pass blocking O-line. I'm still a believer in Trent Williams, and I'm a so, still a believer in Mike McGlinchey as well. I know he just got cooked a couple of times, but that's a problem. Like, guys are just teeing off against him. You know, it's just he, – he needs help. He needs a better guy inside him, right to the right. He doesn't need Daniel Brunskill. I mean, Ben Garland isn't even at, in at center anymore. It's Grosu. Or, and so, like, it's just – it's not good right now. It, it's – the look for the offense is not good. Not Kyle's fault, but at the end of the day, like, it's hard to play when everyone's down. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, touching on McGlinchey getting cooked, it's uh, – yeah, I mean, he's had no one playing next to him. I understand that um, last season it was, you know, mainly Lakin and uh, Person in there at guard all year. But there's something to be said about, um, you know, consistently playing on the same line every single snap. And uh, I read a uh, David Lombardi article uh, a few days ago kind of touching on why the offensive line has been so bad. One of the big reasons is um, dating back to actually the start of the year last year, it was actually one of the top units in the league. Um, and then it started to go downhill when Richford uh, had been out for the season. And that's to be expected. You know, when you lose anybody on the offensive line, the offensive line performs as a unit. It's not, you know, oh, I'm right tackle and I play my position. It's it's a unit, you know, kind of the same way that the defensive line performs as a unit as well. Um, so, you know, any kind, anytime there's a, a shift to that unit, it discombobulates guys. So you will take a step back. But you have to think about how many guys have left that offensive line. There's no Joe Staley. Um, there's no person. There's no Richburg. There's no Garland. So, the consistency there has been gone. There is no consistency there. And on top of that, 
when you lose all the players that you lose, that zone blocking scheme becomes really, really hard to execute just on your own. Yeah, no, I think I think that's very accurate. Um, but let, let's move on from, from this game just because, I mean, it's tough to talk about a loss. I mean, especially when it's just like a lot of injuries. It's not like, oh, look, this star player didn't step up in this moment. It's just not like that right now with 49ers football. That's why I, the recaps can only do so much. <laughs> Um, and there's not, I mean, there's not a lot of excitement over the games either. So, but uh, I want to talk about the safeties. Obviously we brought up Tavarius Moore out there. We saw Jimmy Ward out there too. We saw Jimmy Ward drop a pick right in his hands. And it's so frustrating because like the biggest knock on Jimmy Ward has always been, he doesn't get interceptions. He's not a ball hawk. And then it's like one right to him, right in the bread basket. And it just bounced off his hands. That was frustrating. Um, and also before this game, we found out that Jagowski Tart is out for the season. I think it was like turf toe, something a yeah. little bit odd. That's a little strange, but I would like to say that I do not think the 49ers really have any interest unless Kwaski would t- sign back for very, very cheap because I don't think they want to pay him. They already paid Jimmy Ward. It's not looking good right now. And Kwaski Tart, I think he's a better player than Jimmy but he's not that much of a better player than Jimmy. And I think that next year you're going to see Tarverius Moore at safety, at free. And I don't know where they're going to have Jimmy Ward. I really don't. I think you're going to see him bounce around, and I don't think he's going to like that. But that's going to suck for him because after next year, he's probably going to be cut as well, which, which is unfortunate to say the year of a guy is signing, but it's not looking very positive at all. Um, Jake, do you think I'm, I'm right on this, or am I a little bit over-exaggerating? No, I agree 100%. Um, I think, you know, from day one of this contract, um, I was a little bit skeptical because I've, I've never been the biggest Jimmy Ward believer. I always felt like, okay, he had his contract season. He had his one year where, you know, he stayed consistently healthy. Because remember, prior to last season, the number one knock on him was this guy can't stay on the field. Well, you know, 2019, he stayed on the field. But, you know, the, of course the production is going to go up because he's on the field all the time. So I was a little bit skeptical when he signed, but I figured, you know, he had a good season for us. He didn't get the number of picks that, you know, we were all hoping for, but, you know, he had a good season. So, you know, you bring him back, you, you don't want a lot of roster turnover. Um, but, yeah, I think Jaquaski Tart is – his time is done. I, I don't see any way he comes back. I just don't see – any kind of value in paying two safeties, both of them who are marginally good. Um, they're average players. They're getting, I think, overpaid. Um, I would much rather have a guy like Tarverius Moore starting with Jimmy at a uh, strong safety um, to at least save some cap, especially with how important the cap room is going to be moving forward. Yeah, no, I know. I'm with you there. I, I I mean, we talked about Jimmy Ward, and I don't know if it's – I don't know if that's going to be a good move. Um, and, why, I mean, why would why would you sign Kwaski and do the same thing, you know? So that's kind of where I'm at there. Yeah, I'm with you there, Jake. Also, I have a quick question for you. So we bring up that we don't think Jaquaski Tart's going to play. I have serious questions about putting Jimmy Ward at strong safety. One, you brought up the injury concerns. I mean, why would we expect that he wouldn't go down? And that's not to, like, knock Jimmy Ward, say he's injury-prone or anything like that. That's more of just talking about he's not that big of a player 
putting him in as a box safety is is not really a good move from a physical standpoint. I know he flies around, and that's what I think everyone kind of likes about Jimmy is that he flies around. He's a good run defender. Like that's one of the big things that he brings as a free safety. But it really seems like the 49ers are will want at least they want to move in the direction of having Tarverius Moore at at free. Do you think it's more likely that Jimmy Ward? Because I think he 100% will be on the team next year. Do you think it's more likely that he's a strong safety next year or a slot corner and they let Kwan Williams walk? In my opinion, I'm going to say it is more likely that he is a strong safety, and that's not a knock on his ability to play slot corner. I just think um, when you have someone who is reliable, he's not been an issue in Kwan Williams. He's actually probably been, you know, the top nickel corner in the NFL, really, since he's been on the 49ers. Um, it's hard to replace that. And I don't think that even if Jimmy Ward played well in a slot corner role, I just don't see that kind of need to move him there. I think there is some sort of priority um, in getting a deal done with K1. I will say this. If they have to cut caps some, you know, someplace because maybe they want to get a deal done with Fred Warner, whatever the case may be, um, I could absolutely see that being a scenario. But I do think it's probably more likely that we see both Ward and Williams back um, just with Ward in a different role than what we're used to seeing him in. Yeah, no. So, so my thing is slot corner it's not paid very highly for a reason. Like there's a lot of guys you can put in that role that that play well. Look at Jamar Taylor. He's came into that role and he's, he's looked pretty good. I got to say, I don't know how he's graded out, but I see him making a lot of plays similar. I don't know. I don't know if he's been as good as K1, but I'll tell you this. K1 gets shifted by a lot of guys in the slot, which is totally fine. But Jamar Taylor does that as well. And he's been able to hang in there and stuff. My other problem with K1 Williams, look, he's out again. He gets banged up a lot because he's not that big and he's playing inside a lot. So that's really tough for him. I just don't think that you want to spend your money in the secondary outside of a guy like Sherm who can really mentor the young guys. And he can be like, if you're going to, and I mean, I've talked about this. If they draft a corner in round one, they have to have Sherm back. Like that, you have to do that. We have a long time to figure this out, but that's why I wonder if they're going to be like, okay, we already paid Jimmy. We, can, we can't put more money into the secondary like we are. So I guess we, we're kind of forced to move him down to nickel and get someone else that's strong like on a cheaper deal. The other thing is I just don't know how Jimmy's going to hold up, and I don't know what they kind of think about that. Because if you just have Jimmy at strong and don't really have a backup plan behind him, I would say like 75 80% chance he's going down at least like for an extended period of time, or at least like a couple, oh, banged up his ankle out two weeks. Oh, got a concussion out another week or two. You know, like a lot of like little injuries. Like him playing 10 games at strong safety is probably, or I'd say 12 games is unlikely. That's kind of my issue there. Um, but I don't know. I think you got to put the money somewhere else. I'd rather them go after an, an edge guy to put across both so that's a lot better than, than keep K1 Williams and Kwaski Tart. And I think that you would agree with me on that. Now it's just the question becomes, okay, who's available are that is that the best option for the pass defense? Because it very well could be that case. A lot of speculation right now, but I just I think that we're gonna are, are you confident that we're gonna see Jimmy Ward in a different spot at least next season? 
Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, actually, talking slot corner really quick. Jamar Taylor grading out fifty-eight point six on PFF. K1 Williams fifty-one point zero. So he's actually been playing worse than Jamar Taylor this season. That's at least via um, Pro Football Focus. You know, you can't completely trust PFF, but there's a lot of people in the league who do. Um, so, you know, maybe that is an issue. Maybe they will look at that and say, okay, he didn't play that well. Or, you know, maybe, maybe the injuries are what is making K1 not play that well. And maybe that makes them take a look at, you know, the injury risk. And maybe they say, you know what, dude, we're not really willing to pay you. And there's probably not a lot of teams out there who are willing to, you know, pay a slot corner. Um, I know that was kind of the issue with Tyron Matthew for a while um, post Arizona Cardinal life, because, you know, in those defenses, he was so used to being the slot corner and, you know, that hybrid safety kind of role. And he kind of got lost in translation for a while. And then he figured out how to play free uh, with Kansas city. So I do think um, Jimmy Ward is capable of playing slot uh, corner do I think he's good? I don't know. I'd have to see it. Um, I don't think that's enough play time for someone you're paying that much money. Um, I think he probably is more useful anyways at strong safety, given his skill set. He flies around the field. Like you said, he's kind of a hard hitter, which is what you want out of a strong safety. So I think he has a, a tool set that is better equipped for strong safety. But if he was to play slot corner, I guess I wouldn't be that upset but uh, I think I'd prefer to see him at strong safety. Also, another thing I brought up, like, oh, he's a lot smaller than the guys. I don't know how gaining weight at safety looks because, I mean, you see a lot of guys like, oh, this guy came in, he gained 20 pounds or whatever the case is. You see a lot of quarterbacks do that. A lot of offensive linemen change their weight. Um, a lot of defensive linemen as well. They kind of decide, oh, are you inside, outside? Um, which if a lot of times if that's the question about the defensive lineman, that's a little bit scary. <laughs> you saw that with uh, Solomon Thomas. So yeah. I don't know about that one, but, but maybe they go, Hey, Jimmy gain 15 pounds. I don't know. I don't know what that would do. Like if he's going to be a lot slower, I think it just depends guy to guy also, but maybe they say, Hey, gain 15, 20 pounds. You're going to come in and play box safety because I mean, I brought up Jamar Taylor 58 grade. That's not that great. So that's one thing, but like, I mean, if he, if he's out playing K one this year, which small sample size also, but I mean, maybe, maybe they, they run it back with him. Maybe they get another guy in the building. I mean, there's, there's just so many things you could do. You could always put E-man at, at nickel, which I actually like that idea, but there's just a lot of, a lot of things that could, that could change this year. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that's kind of been the storyline for the entirety of the team, right? I mean, like, it seems like on a week, like week by week basis, we're talking about, Hey, is Armstead going to stay? Is Garoppolo going to stay? Is this guy going to stay? And it's, you know, a new guy every single week, but that's just been the reality of the season. You know, when you have a season like this, uh, despite the injuries, I do believe there's reason to believe that there will be some kind of massive overhaul uh, at, you know, a couple particular positions. Um, so when we talk about guys like Armstead, Tart, uh, Ward, Sherman, you know, Ford, they, these are all guys that could they come back? Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, we're just in a season where this is kind of the narrative. This is the theme. We're hurt. We're the defending NFC champions. So it feels really crappy to be down at the bottom. Um, we do have 
quite a bit of sorting out to do, but uh, I actually think that if healthy uh, and, you know, we had our full unit back, I, I actually do believe this is a team that isn't that far out of first. I think we're at least five and four, probably six and three, like the rest of the division. You got to think that this team would be in first right now in the NFC West if they were healthy. Um, sadly, the injury bug has riddled another 49er team, which is terrible. But one other thing I want to bring up before we kind of head out of here today, DeAndre Baker, I don't know what's going on. Turns out he's innocent or he's not guilty. I don't know. One of those two things, not being charged. Um, and basically it was like an armed robbery and he was going to go to jail for a long time, actually. Not going to jail. He could come back to play. Immediately he like told the New York Post that like he would be interested in like going back to the Giants. The Giants shut that down in about five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Said we have no interest in like talking to you. Potentially, they potentially the, the 49ers are interested. And I mean, here's my thing. How many times have I seen, oh, the 49ers are interested in this guy? And then it's like, they're probably not. And then Kyle and John are like, we never made a call. Sorry, that was wrong. Maybe, maybe Kyle and John are just lying, but we don't really know. So it's a lot of speculation. I think a lot of that's being said because they need a corner. I don't love it. You get a guy that's kind of a head case that people don't, I don't know. If he's, if he's not a good guy, then I don't think you you bring him in the roster. And some people are like, oh, if he's talented, whatever. I don't think doing that's worth it. I think keeping the culture, that kind of mentality of your organization is much more important than a guy that potentially could be an okay number two cornerback. Not really worth it in my mind, but Jake, what, what are your thoughts on a potential DeAndre Baker signing? Yeah, well, to your point about, you know, how many times have we heard the 49ers are interested? It's every player, man. I mean, you know, we heard it with Khalil Mack, um, Jamal Adams, uh, Antonio Brown. The 49ers will never not do their due diligence. Um, they're just one of those teams that is, you know, thankfully a team that is willing to go out of their way and reach out to these teams like they did with Trent Williams. Um, but the thing is with a guy like DeAndre Baker, like you said, you have to really toe the line and be careful. Um, you don't want to sacrifice the, uh, locker room culture for sure. I think that if all checks out, if this guy, you know, made a mistake in his life, I'm a big believer in second chances. If he's talented enough, you give him a spot on the roster regardless, um, you know, you, you let him prove it, especially this guy was a first round pick, what, two years ago, last year. So, you know, this guy obviously has talent um, for a team that is lacking at corner. He could be what we need. And you're getting him away from New York, which I don't know about you, but players' careers go to die in New York City, whether it's the Jets or the Giants. So if you take any of their players, I think they have a 100% chance at being better in your city than they were uh, in New York. But uh, overall, I mean, I trust Kyle and John. If this is a guy they want to bring in, I say do it. Otherwise, um, you know, I'll trust that they looked into him and either figured out that this guy is an absolute whack job or that he's just not good enough to be on an NFL roster. Yeah, no, for, for me, the thing is like, because I definitely believe in second chances too, but it's more of like, is he a bad person? Because if he's a bad person, that's kind of where it is. Thing with Ruben Foster, everyone likes Ruben. That's why he kept getting other chances. You know, like a lot of it's that. And, and I think that it'll be very clear, like they have either no interest or they might get him. And they will be like one of a couple team that want, 
teams that want him. So I think that's what it really comes down to. Um, but with that, I want to thank everyone for listening. If you listen on Apple, five-star rating and review, that would be awesome. And thanks for hopping on, Jake. We will talk to you guys soon.